Good day, and welcome to MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm your host, Matt Kittle. Tuesday looms large in politically divided Wisconsin. The candidates for governor are spending every waking hour hitting the campaign trail and preaching a get-out-the-vote message to their bases. Republican Governor Scott Walker joined me Thursday morning on the Jay Weber Show on News Talk 1130 WISN to talk about the latest Marquette poll, which shows the race as a dead heat. The governor also discussed some encouraging numbers on the battle against opioid addiction and talked about a federal waiver that will expand welfare reform in the Badger State. We are very pleased, very honored to have on the show this morning the governor of the great state of Wisconsin. Five days to go before you decide. Good morning, Governor. How are you? Hey, good morning. Great to be on. We're traveling to stay on our bus again today. Absolutely. I know you're out there. You're hitting the pavement. You're working it hard. Tell me this. Riddle me this, I guess. Um, We have historic low employment. We have more people working today than ever. We have economic development announcement after announcement. We have a generational, a a once-in-a-century development going on in southeast Wisconsin that will transform Wisconsin's economy. Yet we, according to Marquette's latest poll, see a dead heat between you and your challenger, DPI Superintendent Tony Evers. What gives here, Governor? <laughs> well, I think there's a couple factors. There's the, the kind of historic ones. Anytime you have a president of any party, whether it was Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and now Donald Trump, the uh, opposing party from that in the White House always has a historical edge, particularly in competitive states like Wisconsin. I've been warning about that for a year. Secondly, actually ties into a little bit about all the good news that oftentimes, you know, I felt complacency would be our number one concern in this race because people would say, just as you did, appropriately so, all these good things are happening. The state's completely turned around from where it was before we came in. How could we possibly lose this election? And that has always been one of the concerns that that the left doesn't care about that. They don't care about the facts. They're just out there upset about in many cases, things beyond our control. And so a Democrat starts out with about 47, 48% of the vote to begin with. And the, the final thing I think is probably the most important thing for your listeners this morning, and that is the Democrats have focused on a big lie. It's a big lie. You just heard uh, Leah Buchmeier's ad refer to us. It's across the nation. It's a coordinated ad uh, and a coordinated attack. Any of us who in any way speak out against Obamacare, the failure that is Obamacare, they try to peg as being against pre-existing conditions. Right. That is the lie of the year. They brought Barack Obama in on Friday, who got PolitiFact's national lie of the year on health care years ago. You remember, mm-hmm. if you, you like your health care plan, you can keep it. Well, they're now lying just as big about pre-existing conditions. We will always cover people with pre-existing. Zach, you've heard me say this before. My wife, Tonetta, is a type 1 diabetic. Right. My mom is a cancer survivor. My brother has a heart condition. Like many families across the state, it's personal to me. And we will always cover people with pre-existing conditions. But I think that has picked up some traction, and that's why if people want to help us out, go to scottwalker.com, sign up to help out. But there's on the top something called Get the Facts. Click on that, and one of the flyers we have actually talks about the facts of pre-existing conditions. Get that out to your neighbors, your coworkers, your family, your friends. That can make all the difference in the election because every vote will count. Well, you've just gotten that out there now to um, a talk radio station 
that has uh, the most excellent, conservative, thoughtful, high-information voters on the planet. That's great, but what about that thin line of independents or people who are undecided, and I know those numbers are few, but they could ultimately decide this election. What about getting that message out there, going up against that lie? I know you talked about the website, but just not getting that sort of correction, that sort of uh, uh, counterattack against the lie, certainly from the mainstream media. Well, that's right, because it's attack after attack. I was just talking to someone this morning that just seen another attack out on that. The, the, one of the biggest, boldest lies of all. There are no citations, just making, literally making stuff up. But I, I do think for the audience listening, you can help us out. Uh, I tell people, vote for me ten times. Vote, vote once legally, but find nine more people. In this case, if you want to find more than nine, find 99 more people and help us out a hundred times over. But go to our site, scottwalker.com, sign up to help out, get that flaw. It, it's an easy flaw. You can actually just print it out right on your own printer. You can send it around electronically. You can print it out and give it in person. Get that to people who you know and work with, you know, and go to church with, you know, and are in a retirement club with, you know, and go to school with, whatever it might be. That's where I've always felt our base would come home. The people listening on shows like this would come home and vote for us. They wouldn't be complacent, but it's a step beyond that. For us to win in the past and the recall and the reelect to help Ron Johnson and the president, vice president, win two years ago, we had to go beyond just our universe of Republican conservative voters out there. We had to convince our neighbors, our friends, our family, our coworkers, and others. And that's where I need people's help in the last few days. Every vote counts. And if people get the information out, this flyer is great because it not only talks about pre-existing conditions and health care, but it talks, for example, about taxes. Tony Evers wants to raise uh, the gas tax by as much as a dollar. Tony Evers wants to raise income taxes and farmers and manufacturers. That would cost us jobs. Tony Evers, for years, raising property taxes. Uh, that would be a pinch on working families and definitely hurt senior citizens on a fixed income. Tony's taxes will cost us jobs. Tony's taxes will take us back to the days of recessions. We just can't do it. But the best way to sum this election up uh, for, for folks who are talking to people maybe are in the bubble is the simple difference between if, if you want more jobs and higher wages, then I'm your guy. If you want more jobs and higher wages, we've got there. We've got a plan to keep going there going forward. If you want more spending and higher taxes, which will lead to fewer jobs, then you should vote for Tony Evers. But i got to believe the people listening here this morning want more jobs and higher wages. They want a state that's heading in the right direction. They want us to have a workforce that's ready to win the 21st century. They want to make sure we we have lower premiums and better health care options, all while covering people with pre-existing conditions. Those are the things we're doing and the plans we have for the future. Tony Evers would take us completely backwards. I mean, think about it. People know overwhelmingly in this state that we are headed in the right direction. But I think sometimes people say, well, Maybe it's time for a change. Maybe it's time to shake it up a little bit. We do that. We will go backwards. We will go back to the days of double-digit tax increases, billion-dollar budget deficits, and record job loss. For our kids' and grandkids' sake, we cannot afford to go back. You know, I think you summed it up there, and I think you summed it up there nicely. I think the president last night in Florida summed it up nicely when he said, results versus resistance. Take a look at what has happened. Wisconsin's model from the left of disruption and disorder and resistance is being writ large nationally. They got that lesson from what happened 
when the left and the big powerful union interest went up against you and folks like Leah Vukmir and other Republicans who were trying to reform big government in this state. The model is there, Governor, and that's the thing. It's not just results versus resistance. I think that's very important. It's also, in many cases, order versus disorder. Well, there's no doubt. When we talk about what's happening nationally, it's why they brought Barack Obama in, they brought Joe Biden in, they brought Bernie Sanders in. That's why Elizabeth Warren's coming in. They want to make this a national referendum. Uh, they want to send a message, not only in Wisconsin, but across the country, that if you dare put the taxpayers back in charge, if you dare take the power out of their hands, the hands of the big government special interests, they'll get you. It may not be the first time or the second time, but they'll eventually get you. It's why they've been targeting this for, for almost two years and why, unfortunately, again, like I said, complacency was always our concern. Understandable. I get it. People say, hey, things are going well. I don't have anything to worry about. But this could all go away. The people on the left are angry. And their rhetoric is filled with hatred. We can win, but we've got to win by making sure we don't take any vote for granted. We've got to go out there and find people. I, I challenge everybody on this phone or on this on this uh, show today, listening in to us all across the state of Wisconsin, find, vote yourself, I ask for your vote, find nine other people at a minimum to go out and do the same. That will help us win. This, I mean, this literally could be one of those where we're up until the middle of the night or early Wednesday morning mm. counting votes because it could be that close. Help us get the vote out and help us convince people who, I call it the teeter-totter, who, who look at an ad and say, oh, I like I like what Scott Walker's doing, but then see another ad and go, oh, but I don't know about that. Get the facts out. Help us out. Help us keep these ads up. We've got to counter the millions of dollars that the unions and national liberal groups have plowed in here. Again, scottwalker.com. People can sign up to help. They can make a 5 or $25 donation. They can do all those things in the last days that will really, really make a difference come, uh, come Tuesday night after eight o'clock more than anything they got to vote and uh you know thank you for the fair warning by the way jerry bott yours truly dan o'donnell and uh the fine news folks at wisn will now expect to be up very late come tuesday night i know you are busy you got to be out on the road i want to just real quickly get to two very big wins because not only are you in campaign mode you are also the governor of the state, and you are doing the business of the state, the business of the people. We had two big announcements, and that was, A, we've seen a significant reduction in uh, the sort of uh, opiate, opioid prescriptions that we've seen in, in the state of Wisconsin. The other is we have some movement on the welfare reform front uh, thanks to federal waivers that the state had applied for under your administration. Can you speak to those two things uh, quickly? Yeah, both tie together nicely because even the, the stuff we're trying to do with opioid and overall addiction, be it to opioids, to heroin, to meth, to whatever it might be, we just know that the more we can do to keep people help, to keep people away from addiction in the first place and then to help treat along the way, the, the better off we're all going to be as a society, but even helps with workforce issues. When we've got more people in the workforce than ever before, when we routinely have over 100,000 job openings on our state website, which means we have more career opportunities right now than we have people to fill them, unemployed people to fill them in the state, we've got to make sure that, amongst other things, people are healthy and can take on that work and take on those opportunities. So we've seen a dramatic drop in opioid prescriptions uh, over the last several years. That's part of an overall HOPE agenda, 30 different bills I've signed into law, 
all driven and a hat tip to John Nigren, State Representative John Nigren, who's been a leader in putting together a, really a truly a bipartisan coalition on this because addiction knows no boundaries, nor should it know no boundaries in terms of support from both Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. And on welfare, big, big win for us. Again, tied into workforce. It's why Tommy Thompson pushed welfare reform back in the 90s when the economy was booming. We're doing the same. We can't afford to have anybody on the sidelines. And so we got another boost from the Trump administration to be able to say that we expect people working age, uh, able-bodied adults to be uh, employed or in employability training. We expect to be able to do a health risk assessment. We, we want to be able to prepare people who are on Medicaid, who are able to work uh, for making that transition into the workforce. And when we do, like all the rest of us, we know that when you get your health insurance through your employer, for example, uh, there are things like health risk assessments. You make premium payments. You stay out of the emergency room. You go to you go to care at your doctor, and you don't just show up in the emergency room. So all those sorts of things uh, we're putting in, even premiums. Simple thing. It's not a whole lot of money. It's a few bucks a month for premiums, but just little things to prepare people uh, so they're not shocked when they transition into the workforce. Now, yesterday I got it again. Some of the liberals who support Tony Ebers said, oh, you're making it harder to get government assistance. Oh. I said, no, you just don't get it. We're making it easier to get a job. True freedom and prosperity do not come from the clumsy hand of the government. They come from empowering people to control their own lives and their own destinies to the dignity that is born of hard work. Yes. And that's exactly what we're doing in Wisconsin. That's such an important message, and it's what you have said for many, many years. It's the difference between the dependency state and the independent individual. That's what we all should be concentrating on, and I know you have for, for many, many years. Thank you so much for Absolutely. your time. Five days left. I know that every minute matters. I appreciate you joining us on the Jay Weber Show this morning. Our pleasure. Have a great one. ScottWalker.com. Right. Sign up to help us out. Very good. There he goes, and you know that he's off campaigning. He's going to spend every waking hour, and those are going to be a lot of hours awake, doing the work. Why? Well, for one thing, we know he has. We know he's a hard campaigner. We know that from 2010. We know that from 2011-12. We know that from 2014, and we're seeing it again here in 2018. But why more so? Because, as we have said so many times, Jay and Dan and Vicky and Mark and Jerry and Dan and yours truly, anybody who has the power of this microphone for any measure of time, reminding you just how critical this election is, it truly is the difference between progress and disorder. It truly is an order versus disorder election. It truly is results. What we're seeing, successful economies, a a successful relationship with states and the world. It's the difference between results and resistance. I believe that to be the case. It's the difference between Dependency nation, dependency state versus independence, and the dignity of the individual. All of that is what is on the line coming up on Tuesday. Thank you for joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm Matt Kittle reporting from Madison.